Our scripture reading this morning is from John 6, 22 to 51, and 66 through 69. My name is Sarah Dodson, and I've been attending McLean for two years now, ever since I came up to participate in the Capital Fellows Program. And since then, I continue to be involved in the Fellows Program and various other youth and young adult initiatives throughout this church. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, When did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you were seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is, the, is who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, 
so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Now to 66. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. This is the word of the Lord. Well, welcome again. My name is David, and I'm a child of God, and I am one of the assistant pastors here at the church, and it's a delight to be opening God's word with you this morning. Our senior pastor, uh, James, was scheduled to be away this weekend speaking at the uh, RUF Virginia Conference. Uh, It was canceled because of the weather, and so we didn't make James preach on 24 hours notice, but you will see him walking around today. Uh, Bill and I are preaching today. We do a cohort every Friday. Bill has a great sermon down there in the fellowship hall, so I won't take it personal if you want to get up and walk down there. It's also similar enough and different enough that if you don't want to go to adult education, you can go down and do worship again in the fellowship hall. You can get two sermons today. So if you are just here, uh, it's a great time to be a part of this church family. We just began a new sermon series last week called Sensing Jesus. And we've been looking at the gospel of John so that we can focus on Christ, that we can keep Jesus front and center. And last week, we looked at the incarnation in order to see Jesus, and today we're going to consider the bread of life in order to taste Jesus. Second graders, you got your Bibles today. You're fired up, and I'm excited to talk to you today. I'm actually going to aim a lot of the sermon at you this morning. And so in your Bibles, actually, John 6 is on a different page. It's on page 1147. So if you follow along today, I'm going to have a lot of illustrations and a lot of application for you guys this morning. And that doesn't mean, adults, you can check out because Jesus said that if we're going to enter the kingdom of God, we have to come as little children. So let's pray that all of us can do that as we go to his word together. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do pray that as we come to your holy word this morning, that the Bibles that that we have in our laps, that the word that we have in our homes might not return void, but that you would grow us up in understanding how much you love us, how much you've done for us, and how we can follow you every day of our life. Do this even now through the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, kids, first question. What basic things do we need in order to survive, in order to live? Well, if you were to answer that question, I bet some of you might say we need air, right? We need oxygen to breathe. Some of the parents might say we need sleep. We need sleep in order to live. Other people might say we need love or relationships to live But I bet everybody would say that we need things like water, right? We need water to live, and we also need food to live. 
or bread. You know, in some cultures, the same word for food is also bread. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Jesus tells a story about some basic needs that we have, like food and water, in order to teach us about a greater need that we all have, okay? So if you got your Bibles open, the first thing you always have to remember when understanding God's Word is you have to remember the context. So if you're looking at John chapter 6 and you're on page 1147, or adults, if you're on page 891, if you look in John chapter 6, we see two headings there in John 6. It says, Jesus feeds the 5,000, and it says, Jesus walks on water. Two amazing miracles. We talked about Jesus feeding the 5,000 back in August, that he fed all of these people with five bread, pieces of bread and two fish. Pretty amazing stuff. And then when Jesus walks on the water, it's when he crossed the sea to Capernaum without a boat. Now, that's pretty amazing stuff, right? My kids like to debate and ask the question, if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? I'm not sure it's a superpower, but they've settled on the force because if you have the force, you can still fly, you can still do a lot of amazing things. So I'm not sure it's a superpower, but that's what they would like to have. Now, was Jesus just showing off here and showing his superpowers? No, he was doing way more than that. Jesus did these two miracles to show those people and us something very important. He wanted them to remember a story from the Old Testament. And they did. If you look down in your Bibles, they remembered because in verse 31, it says, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. Now, do you remember that story in the Old Testament? Do you remember it was Moses as the people were wandering around in the wilderness, that as they wandered around for 40 years, that Moses miraculously fed the people with manna from heaven, bread, right? But remember also another one of the most famous miracles that Moses did. It was the crossing of the Red Sea. You see the connection here. So just as Moses fed the people with miracle bread, Jesus is feeding the people with miracle bread. And just as Moses did a great miracle on the sea, Jesus also does a great miracle on the sea. And so Jesus says in verse 32, truly I, truly I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Now, that's what we're going to do today, okay? Very simply, we're going to talk about the true bread from heaven. We're going to ask three questions. What is the bread? Why does the bread matter? How do we eat the bread? And then three quick takeaways for all of us, okay? First question, what is the bread of life? Kids, do your parents ever repeat the same thing over and over again? Parents, do you do that? I do that. I repeat a lot of the phrases over and over again. My kids are all up here on the front row today. One of the things that I say all the time is, remember where you are. And I do that because we have to understand where the playground is and where the stairs are in here sometimes, right? 
Another phrase that they'll hear me say all the time is, I enjoyed watching you be generous. We always say, I enjoyed watching you do something because we want to catch them doing good, right? And then when we leave them with a babysitter at times, we'll say, hey, have fun by listening and obeying because we want to emphasize joyful obedience, Well, Jesus does the same thing. Our parents say the same thing over and over again when it's something that is really important. And so Jesus says something four times in this passage over and over because it's really important. Well, what are those four things that Jesus says? So second graders, if you were looking through there and you were scanning, you'd see in verse 35 that Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And then in verse 41, he says, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And then in verse 48, he says, I am the bread of life. Okay, Jesus, I get it. And then in verse 51, he says, I am the living bread. What is the living bread? The living bread is not a thing like stuff or money, but a person. And not just any person, the bread of life is Jesus, and Jesus is claiming to be greater than the manna in the Old Testament. He's claiming to be a greater redeemer or a greater savior than Moses was in the Old Testament, that he is actually God in the flesh who has come to the earth to save us out of slavery and to feed us for all of eternity. Who is the bread of life? Jesus is the bread of life. Now, second question, why does the bread of life matter? That's my favorite question that kids always ask is why, over and over. Why does it matter? Why this? So why does the bread of life matter? Well, the bread of life matters because just like we need physical bread to live, we need spiritual bread to live, okay? Look down at verse 49. Jesus It's talking about physical bread in 49. He says, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. Kids, do you know how long you can live without food? Well, depending on who you are, about 8 to 21 days. And depending on if you have water, you might live a little bit longer, right? So it's common sense. You need physical bread in order to live. But Jesus says, you ate physical bread and you still died. You see, we know that too. We need to eat bread today in order to live today. But even if we eat bread every day of our life, even if we eat our vegetables, even if we exercise, even if we go to the doctor, all of us still die one day. He says, I can give you manna, you can have physical bread, but eventually you'll still die. So Jesus says you need more than physical bread, you need spiritual bread. And that's what he talks about in verses 50 and 51. So if you can find that, guys, verses 50 and 51. Jesus says, this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that uh, one may eat of it and not die. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. You see... There is a hunger inside all of us. 
that we will starve unless we eat this spiritual bread. And if we do, it will satisfy us forever. And you know what we all do? We have this deep spiritual hunger, this soul hunger. And instead of finding spiritual food to feed this spiritual hunger, we seek physical food to try to feed our spiritual hunger. I can illustrate it very simply like this. Kids, where's your favorite place to eat? If I asked my kids, they'd probably say McDonald's. You know why? They're shaking their heads no, but they do like McDonald's a lot. (laughs) They say McDonald's, why? Because of the Happy Meal, you know? And it's not because the burger and the fries are that great. They're fine, love McDonald's, but it's because of the toy, right? The Happy Meal promises happiness. And you get that toy, and it's fun for a few minutes, and then it's not long before it breaks, or it ends up underneath the seat of my car, or it's lost, or they're bored with it. They're happy with the moment for a moment, but it doesn't last. You know, we chuckle and we giggle at Happy Meals, but, you know, adults, we do the same thing. We just have more expensive entertainment, more expensive meals. We go from house to house, spouse to spouse, vacation to vacation, job to job, hoping one of these things will bring us happiness. But it's not long before these things break, or it's not long before we become become bored because these things are good things, but they're never meant to satisfy the spiritual hunger that exists in all of our souls. You see, Big Macs are good, but they're not God. You see, we need spiritual food to satisfy our hungry souls. And understand this, okay? Kids, some of you have seen Willy Wonka, the everlasting gobstopper. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's not like, hey, I've got this bread that if you eat it, you'll, you'll always taste it and always be full. And he's not simply talking about, maybe some of you have seen that old movie Highlander or Wolverine. He's not just talking about being immortal. Because honestly, I wouldn't want to just live forever in this world the way it is. You know why? Because this world has a lot of pain. And this world has a lot of suffering. And so what Jesus is offering us is eternal life. He's offering a satisfaction and pleasure beyond our imagination in a new world with new physical bodies where there's no more sickness, no more pain, no more death, no more dying. And so he's not just Willy Wonka or Highlander or Wolverine, but he's offering us eternal life, something so much greater. And that's why the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 55 two, he says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. So why does the bread of life matter? The bread of life matters because Jesus gives us food for our souls, eternal life, The bread of life will feed us forever. So then the third question is, okay, that sounds really good. How do we eat the bread of life? Okay, well, Jesus gives us a clue in uh, verse 51. 
he says we have to eat his flesh. And then in verse 52, the people say, Jesus, that's crazy talk. How can this man give us flesh to eat? If my kids were there, they'd be like, Dad, that's just gross and weird. How do we eat the flesh of Jesus? What does that actually mean? Well, if you remember the sermon last week at the beginning of John, in John 1 and John 14, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, which is God, and the Word became flesh. So God became flesh. In other words, he took on a body. And what happened to his body? His body was put on the cross, and he was crucified. He was dead. He was buried. And then he rose again. And so what does it mean to eat the body of Jesus? Well, everywhere in the Gospel of John, when he talks about uh, tasting Jesus or eating Jesus, it always goes along with believing in Jesus. And so that's the question today is, how do we eat the bread of Jesus? You eat the bread of Jesus by believing in him. Do you believe that he is the unique son of God? Do you believe that he was crucified on the cross for our sins? Do you believe that he died? Do you believe that he was buried? And do you believe that he rose again from the dead? And do you not know that that's just what Jesus claimed, but do you actually believe that it's true? And not only do you have to know that it's true, but do you believe that he took on flesh for me and for you? That's what the Bible calls faith, having knowledge, believing it's true, and believing it's for me. That's what faith is. That's what Jesus says four times in this passage. Whoever believes in me eats my body. Kids, adults, and everyone in between. Jesus has offered his flesh. He's given us his body. And he begs us to eat his flesh today by believing in him. Do you believe Jesus is who he claimed to be, that he did what he uh, said he would do, and that he rose again from the dead? You know, it's something that's very easy to get confused about. We can spend all of our lives thinking about how amazing God is. That we are saved by grace through faith alone in Christ alone. And it's not your works that save you. It's not the good things that you do. But it's the work of Jesus that saves us. That's the question that the adults asked in this story. In verse 28, they don't understand They say, hey, Jesus, what must we do to be doing the works, plural, of God? They basically say, hey, what do we have to do in order to receive the food? And then Jesus responds in verse 29. He says, this is the work, singular. There's not multiple works that you do. This is the work of God. What is the work that you have to do? To believe in him who he has sent. You don't have to do anything but to believe that Jesus has done everything. It's not our works, but the work of Jesus that offers food 
for our starving souls. The bread of life is eaten by believing in Jesus. So those were the three quick questions. Now three quick takeaways. What I want you to eat uh, this morning and to remember, three things. The first of these is this. Jesus has provided a meal, and it's the best meal you will ever eat, and it's free. How good is this meal? If you eat it, you will never be hungry again. And that's an expensive meal. And we don't have enough money to buy it. And so Jesus offers to give it to us for free. And we have to admit that we're hungry. And we have to come humble in order to come to the table. You know, when, when I was a little boy, um, I was really grateful. Um, we, um, we were on um, free lunches uh, at school. Um, but I hated it when I got to high school um, because we got a little card that said, you know, we get free lunches. And when I'd be with my friends, I'd have to flash that card for school lunch. And it showed all of my friends that we didn't have enough money to buy the food. But in order to eat, I had to admit that I was hungry, that I was poor. And kids and adults, that's what we have to do today. There's a great, expensive, amazing meal. And all of us are poor, and we don't have enough money to buy it. But it's given to us, and we have to be humble enough to receive the meal that is offered to us. So that's the first takeaway, okay? Jesus has offered us a meal, and it's free. Second thing is this. In order to receive this meal, we have to eat it. We have to eat it. Think about this. Think about if you got home from being at school all day long and you're so hungry, and then you say, hey, mom and dad, can I have a snack or early supper? And you say, sure. And then your parents cook your, your favorite dinner of you know, chicken fingers and mac and cheese, and then instead of letting you eat it, they eat it all of, you, all of it in front of you. You'd be a little mad, and you'd still be hungry. You see, you have to eat you have to believe in Jesus yourself in order to be satisfied. And here's an amazing thing about the meal. How much do you have to eat in order to be satisfied? How much faith do you need in order to be saved? Well, I love the answer to this question. There was a pastor back in the 16th century named Martin Luther. And he said, imagine you have a treasure of 100 gold coins. And one person carries it around in a paper sack. And another person carries it around in an iron chest. And Luther said, regardless of whether you have a paper sack or an iron chest, you still have the treasure. You see what he's saying there? Whether your faith is strong like an iron chest or it's weak like a paper bag and even a wet paper bag, you still have the treasure, Jesus. Sometimes my faith is strong and sometimes my faith is weak, but I still have the treasure and it's Jesus. So the second takeaway is this, you have to eat the meal. And the third takeaway is this, you have to eat the meal every day or every few days regularly. What if I asked you, say, hey, 
you want to go get some lunch today? And you said, nah, I ate three weeks ago. Said no one ever, right? Most of us eat three meals a day. Most of our teenagers eat six meals a day. So we know we have to eat regularly. And that's what John talks about on when we believe in Jesus. You know, every time, John talks about faith and believing more than Matthew, Mark, and Luke combined. And every time he talks about faith or believing, he never uses a noun. He always uses a verb because it's an action that we eat. And you know how many times he mentions it? 98 times. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke only mention that 30 times. And so it's something we have to do over and over and over again. And just like you have to eat physical food every day so that you're not malnourished, you need to eat spiritual food every day so that you're healthy. Adults, if you're struggling right now, it might be because you're not eating much spiritual food. And what is that spiritual food? It's things like the Lord's Supper reminds us of grace. It's hearing sermons. It's reading uh, the gospel. It's doing devotions. It's things like that. You must eat grace every day of your life in order to be satisfied. But remember, it only takes a bite. It only takes a nibble. But we don't want to be malnourished Christians. Let me end with this story. My kids and I right now are reading through the Chronicles of Narnia. So yes, you're getting a lot of illustrations from Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, If you've never read it, um, uh, book six is called The Silver Silver Chair. uh, And there's a lion uh, in the story named Aslan, who is the Christ figure. And so my mom painted this uh, actually for our little boys. This is the lion, uh, Aslan. And in this story, in the silver chair, uh, there's a little girl named Jill. And she has a friend named Eustace. And then they're in the land of Narnia. And after Jill makes some bad decisions, she finds herself alone in the land of Narnia. And she's very thirsty, right? And then she sees this stream, but there's only one problem. There's a lion right in front of the stream. And so she's scared to drink the water. And she wants to go somewhere else. But the lion says what? There is no other stream. You have to drink here. And so she's scared, but Jill comes to the stream and she drinks the water and she says it's the best water she's ever had. That's what happens in verses 66 through 69. Some people don't like that Jesus claims to be God and so they walk away. And then Jesus looks at Peter and says, do you believe that I'm the son of God? Will you eat the bread of life? And Peter says, Lord, where else can we go? You have the food of eternal life. Second graders and adults, we pray that that will be your confession today too. Where else can you go? Nowhere. He has the bread of eternal life. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you have the bread and the words of eternal life. And we know that we can only eat it by believing in your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, we know that in this story that 
It's the Father and the Spirit that gives us the ability to eat the food. And so, Father, we pray that now. Give us the ability to eat the bread of life, to profess that we believe in Jesus Christ. Thank you for your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. We actually have an opportunity to profess our faith, and so if you'll stand, we'll confess the Apostles' Creed together. And so, Christians, I ask you, in whom do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.